There's too many homelosers, too many trammers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, great. Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Rotten Treasure. We watched A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. I think it's The Dream Warriors. Whatever. Who cares? I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell. <laughs> and with me, as always, is the other host, Kai Bobby. How's your breakfast, Jim? It's pretty good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> no, really, real quick. What are you having? I had um, a bacon, egg, and cheese with lettuce uh, from a Red bake- Bagelery. Yeah, that is what it's called. We're do- we're doing free promos now. Just giving them out off the top. Yeah, if you could if you could just bleep over what I just said, uh, that'd be uh, great. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, can sure. I get a can I get a replacement business? <laughs> uh, red bake bagelery. <laughs> I'm not good at this. I'm gonna you break get, it. Nope, you, that's you've not. You've gotten paid to do improv before. That was terrible. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have to, I, I have to find Bill's uh, uh, intro. Just give me one second. <laughs> I really thought instead you were just com- like calling to complain about the order, like they forgot something. But I was curious why you were on your phone. Thought you were watching my longest yeah boy ever. <laughs> oh, did you send that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not uh, very obviously doesn't need to be watched right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No, let's start the let's start the podcast off with all watching a YouTube video. <laughs> you should pipe in the audio from it into the, the pod. <laughs> He's a comedy writer and horror reviewer. It's Bill Rick. <laughs> Seamless. Hi, everybody. Oh, so good. Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm, I'll, I'll take over hosting, Jim. Don't worry about it. You go ahead and thank eat your you. breakfast. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm great. I'm not, I'm not having breakfast on a podcast great, but I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like that. You know, the lifestyle of a podcaster is just really... Jim's taken it on quite seriously. You know, the late nights, um, he's just trying to get it in when he yeah, can these days. Yeah, staying you know? up. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, you, you know, Mark Maron has to do the same thing. He's constantly starting the podcast with a face full of breakfast food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven, where I'm just so busy all the time that I have to eat breakfast while I'm doing other things. <laughs> I would know that. You did. That is a good eating roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Soprano, another one where like the guy's always eating. I one of my favorite Tony Soprano things too is he eats lunch meat like straight from straight out of the like wax paper, and he like yeah yeah in his mouth like Ugh. very very dad like thing to very tri-state region dad thing to do. Oh yeah, my dad does it. I cringe I for like a my second. Dad does too. And then I just remembered I used to eat, like, cheese dogs out of the fridge cold as a kid. So, like, I can't say shit. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Undoubtedly worse. Like, how dare you try to go high on <laughs> 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 these peons in their lunch meat? With the che- cold cheese dogs? With an additional American uh, cheese uh, slice, like, wrap around it. That's like a grab-and-go snack on the way up. Fancy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a really classy New Hampshire kid, let me tell you. Wait, wait. I just want to make sure we're right about this, because I, I feel like I'm assuming a lot of things. <laughs> cheese dog. This is a hot dog wrapped in cheese? Uh, a hot really, dog. Are you really finding out what a cheese dog is? Right down the middle. 
Yeah. Like, I, I know. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I thought I knew for a second. <laughs> uh, it is a hot dog uh, with, like, nasty cheese sludge in the middle uh, that you enjoy. Yeah. They do the cheese for you. You don't have to find it. <laughs> that's a follow western society right there <laughs> you don't even gotta find your own cheese they pipe it into the hot dog for you <laughs> you're right to point out that it's not good cheese they're not getting the best cheese and no. hiding it in hot dogs no it's a very much like domino's cheese situation like don't ask oh. just accept it it's what's going in your body it says cheese it's cheese and then don't think about it oh yeah, so that's a that's a cheese dog, Jim. Welcome to the rest of society. Great, thing. I don't. Okay, I, I'm not a big hot dog fan, so I don't. I haven't explored the different kinds of hot dog. So. I don't. I don't think there's other ones. I'm pretty sure they haven't started putting like PB and J in any of them or anything. <laughs> I think they. I think they stopped at cheese. I'm I'm having a hard time out here in Chicago because you know I'm I'm typically ready and willing to explore a local cuisine and so i've i've wanted to find like my hot dog spot but all the places out here you get a hot dog and they put a fucking grocery store on it it's it's too much (laughs) going on what uh just so i'm clear what kind of grocery store are we talking like a cub being dumped on top of this thing are we talking like like a trader joe's what's happening on these (laughs) They dump a Jewel Osco is the spot out here. They dump a right whole on. Jewel Osco out on top of the... They got stuff... I've never seen it outside of, like, being on this hot dog. What it... Genevieve's no. something? I don't know. What? Yeah, what's on a Chicago-style hot dog? They got... Exactly. I'm, I'm sitting there <laughs> eating it and still asking myself that question. What... Yeah. What are these materials? <laughs> Where did this, hot dog. Where did this turnip come from? Why is this, what is this doing here? Oh Not even God. like a like Parsnips. a little bit like like a full turnip. Parsnips. Yeah. <laughs> I see one with a pickle. It yeah, it looks like a Chicago style hot dog is just a hot dog with a bunch of shit on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I thought that they must take specific pride in the meat of the, the actual dog. No, it's no. all the accoutrement that make it a chicago hot dog and to me i don't i don't need all that extra because here's the thing a hot dog is a grab and go i don't i don't want to be in fear of wearing all of these hot dog accessories yeah um well you should try it without the bun and and cold out of the fridge with an american (laughs) (laughs) cheese wrap that's the way to enjoy it i recommend the two ends of the hot dog spectrum really (laughs) Yeah, if if I may, from the Wikipedia, the complete assembly of a Chicago hot dog is said to be dragged through the garden due to too many uh, toppings. Hmm. Yeah, Gier and Gier, Giardinera peppers. Gier, you got it. I've been here uh, like a calendar year, and I can't even pronounce the peppers that they put on a hot dog. I'm trying to look it up to see what. What it could be, because this just says uh, sport peppers, which is also a word I haven't heard. Sport pe- Yeah. Well- <laughs> Are they out on the, the cricket green, these peppers? <laughs> no, I like that. That's cute. No, oh, I'm-, I'm seeing a lot with pickles, like just a, just a pickle on top of it. 
I'm honestly, I'm kind of impressed that somebody realized we could just make a shitload of money off toppings. Let's just, like, charge absurd amount of money for just the things that normally we just, like, half-hazardly, like, drop on the floor at this place that we work at. Yeah, anywhere else they'd be, like, lined up on the side and you could choose whether you want it or mm -hmm. not. Right. <laughs> this is just, this is, this is what you get. Now get out of my way. Our... <laughs> How how are the hot dog stands? Like, is it like okay? I don't know why I have this relationship with uh, being in Philly. With uh, um, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't make this kind of mean. I don't know if this is slander, but uh, D'Angelo's like the way that I went there the first time. The fact that I didn't know that you had to pay in cash, I felt like such a reject, and like they were kind of like idiot. Like, <laughs> um, I think the same thing happens. I hate that, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that... Cash only, or calling everyone an idiots. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I but hate. Then... I hate. There's an elitism to it. Oh, yeah. To, to a lot of Philly cuisine. There's a fuck. You're not this. You're not from here. You can't enjoy. You couldn't possibly enjoy this cheese well, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> what I hate more is that, like, the second time I came back and someone fucked up in front of me, I was like, yeah, idiot. Get in line like the rest of you. No, like, I didn't say it out loud. <laughs> but, like, I was like, yeah. You fell. I, yeah. I fell for it. I fell to into that it. level. And I'm just wondering, what are the, uh, what's the environment like on these, your, your average chili hot dog stand? What's going on? Oh, uh, real welcoming. There's nobody, uh, <laughs> Chicago's different. I constantly think that I'm going to get, uh, like mugged because of how friendly everybody is. I'm like, <laughs> uh oh, they want something off of me. Yep. And, uh. That turns out not to be the case. They're just friendly, especially businesses. <sighs> there is, there's like one famous hot dog place that's like the mean hot dog place, and that's where they just treat you like you're in Philly. That's. <laughs> that's <laughs> <a gimmick. laughs> oh, is that the place they had Triumph the com the insult comic dog go to? That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that place. I just don't want to be insulted, so I don't go there. Uh, but it's nice living outside of Philadelphia, getting to choose <laughs> when you can and cannot get like a culinary experience where you're being made to feel bad about yourself. <laughs> I was to a the other day where they were, where I was like indecisive about <laughs> what I wanted to drink. I was like, "Hang on, I, uh, go to me last." And then <laughs> when it got to me, the guy was like, "Are you fucking ready or what?" And I was like, oh, "Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you or no? I still had to like think a little bit because I was like, ah, Miller High Life, just give me one. I think as a food server, I actually respect that person a lot. Actually, uh, it depends on how many people there are. Like, if you go around, there's like ten people. You should be able to look at that tenth, like that last person, and be like, "Fuck off, get out, <laughs> leave your friends." <laughs> mm. No, uh, it's, it's not nice. Absolutely, yeah. We had to tip that person very well because uh, both I was indecisive and also one of the people we were with, who was actually uh, was a guest on the podcast, uh, uh, knocked <laughs> knocked a coffee out of their hands. Uh, by, would, totally why, by accident. But like, wait, why would Nick Kronberger do that? <laughs> yeah, we'll pretend it's Nick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nick uh, <laughs> uh, was just uh, uh, talking with his hands, as Nick does, and uh, uh, went to like do an Inception thing. And then uh, smacked a coffee out of their hand because they snuck up behind them. Oh, wow. That's why you don't do Inception things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 10 minutes in. 14 minutes in. Sorry. And we have the quote of the episode so far. Great. Awesome. <laughs> quote to beat. <laughs> so, so far. I'll top it. I'll top it. We always call out a quote, and it never ends up being that quote because nope. Kai will inevitably pull something 
that's just like 10 times funnier because it's way out of context. <laughs> like the fact that here's the thing <laughs> that Frank Farrell said he was a horse it. expert. <laughs> yeah, he said that he so really? randomly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a horse expert. No, he didn't say it randomly. <laughs> it's appropriate in context. <laughs> you know what? He's got a son, and now I just I I have to believe him. He's a dad, and if oh. he says he's a horse expert, I'm taking him at face value. If I'm a parent, but you know what? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm not looking that that gift horse in the face. Or the mouth? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh. Mouths are on faces, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah I think yeah. the phrase still works if you say that. Well, the long, the long face—that's the horse thing. A horse walks into a bar, and the bartender says, "Hey, why the long face?" I'm unfamiliar with this joke. No. Why, why does the horse? Why does that horse have a long face? Because are they okay? A, uh, genetics. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> horses just look that way kai <laughs> poor horse <laughs> jim are you okay i'm sorry i really like i just really like that we both together uh were like no no don't laugh at bill's joke don't do it <laughs> it's, not, it's not my joke dude if i if i made that joke i'd be kate you think i'd be living in this tiny apartment i would have sold that one for all it's worth i'd have why the long face t-shirts billboards everything <laughs> People say it, you like take money out of their pockets when they do. (laughs) Yeah, I watched a good good kitchen nightmares last night where this lady in Baltimore uh trademarked Hun and it ruined her restaurant. Everybody was like, screw you, we're never eating. And she like she sent like cease and desist letters to people saying hun, which I guess if you live in Baltimore, you can't not say it's like uh, impossible or something. Where is this? Anywho. Uh, <laughs> got you <laughs> i've yet to go yeah no reason <laughs> well we just lost all of our baltimore listeners <laughs> uh, have fun at your aquarium baltimore listeners have fun have... at your inner harbor <laughs> i've been to i've been to baltimore a couple of times um i've been to the harbor i've been to the aquarium and i've been to uh Oriole stadium whatever whatever that one's called that's really all they got going on in Baltimore, uh, and also being the set of The Wire. That has something going for itself. Here's why I don't like Baltimore. <laughs> I got tricked. I got tricked into performing sketch comedy in Baltimore, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole festival. Come on down here." And then we got there, and it was it was on top. It wasn't even at the bar. It was on top of a bar. It was like the second floor of a bar mm-hmm. okay. called okay. like Z- something with a Z. There was nobody there. We and then we just spent the entire set really leaning into and making fun of people from Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> like specific people, or like the people that like in the audience. No, no, just like their uh, their general. Did did you write sketches in advance, making fun of Baltimore, or were you like, eh, let's just let's just kill the set and just uh, fuck with Baltimore? Jimmy, a little bit of both. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair. 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 Oh God, we we had a show once on the second floor of a bar. It is a thing to invite other people to come do comedy on the second floor of a bar. It should be in the request when you tell people you want them to do the show. <laughs> hey, is that a bar? 
It's the fourth level of the bar, but <laughs> it's still in a there's bar. No, there's no no drink minimum, but there is a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, what what's it? The Raven Lounge? That's on the second floor, right? Yes. And that's a big that's a big stand up spot in Philadelphia, right? Am I wrong about that? No, no, it. no, it definitely it definitely is. Uh I uh yeah, I cut I can de- definitely say that I cut my chops there. Uh I have lots of memories of getting so drunk that I fell asleep and somebody had to be like, Hey, two more people and then you have to you then have stand up comedy. <laughs> Uh, and then I drive home. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, like a champ. I mean, isn't that like, is this like stand-up training wheels? Is this like the important things you have to do? Yeah, yeah. You got to learn how to like convince yourself that you drank long enough ago that you can operate a motor vehicle. Right. And you need to be able to stand. It's easy to do stand-up, but to do stand-up at 2.30 in the it's morning after the flyers lost. Oh. That's, <laughs> that's rough that's how you learn uh, how to be good at it yeah i saw stand up at, at midnight on st patty's and i thought that was the worst it could get but that yours sounds Ugh. bad yeah <laughs> yeah just go to the raven lounge every, every thursday it's not okay. ba- it's like a there's beauty in the diamonds that are formed in that coal mine kind of if that makes it yeah. like that under that pressure but there's uh yeah a lot of um you're gonna get heckled pretty good if you if you go often enough. I, I don't know. I don't know how I would do. I, I don't do well heckled. Go ahead, John. Well, since since you've done stand up, uh, what what do you feel is worse though, uh, being straight up heckled like like the fuck you kind of heckled, or uh, just complete silence from people? Oh, I'd rather uh, conversation. Like uh, even if I'm getting heckled, at least I know that I've connected (laughs) that they're like uh man like uh i one time this uh this marine this former this veteran you know uh came up to me and like put his big muscle arm around me after my set in which i like disparaged the marines and uh he like he threatened me pretty good oh no but That meant he listened to my jokes. So. <laughs> he was an engaged listener. <laughs> yeah, I connected with at least one person in that dirty, dirty strip club. This is at a strip club, by the way, that this... Oh, God. St- and not a strip club with a sign outside. A strip club <laughs> that just looked like a row home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think as long as you kill for one person in a strip club, you succeeded. You know, and like if there's one person who really enjoyed your set, you did good. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I had a good time at the Republican. Uh, every time I did stand up there, it was uh, the owners would get us pizza. Oh hell yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that is nice. Whenever we went to uh, the grape room, they always had a pizza in the back that you could just go and grab a slice. Oh, nice. I... That must have been Kaylee's doing because yeah. none of the stand-up shows at the Grape Room had free pizza. Oh yeah, that was a hundred percent Kaylee's doing. I feel like it's the highest, uh, like, payment, uh, like, addition. Like, it's like a, it's like, 
I would love to go to a job and apply for it and be like, hey, how's it going? I'd like to have this job. They're like, oh, do you guys have insurance? They're like, nah, but we do have free pizza. And you're like, I'll do it. <laughs> like, it works for me as a comedian. I'm like, yeah, I'll do you, gig. Yeah, you free pizza? Yeah. Sold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more than I've, improv uh, music gets paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. One time, one time I left uh, uh, Black Sabbath's final tour. I left a couple songs early so I could go do an improv set. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I don't, I don't yeah, know if I've ever seen you yeah. do improv, Bill. Uh, that's because I've only done it like f- five times on stage, I think, and oh, yeah. uh, that's like counting class shows. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, oh wow! And then I came out, came out here to Chicago, and I've been doing it a lot more. I got a little team going, and um, oh, that's awesome. Excited. I've, I've embraced it. I realized that I was really uh, protecting myself by like putting down improv at every left and right turn, just being like, oh, that's stupid. The truth was, it scared me. And I'm glad that I've confronted that because I'm having a lot of fun now. Oh, the truth is, is it is stupid. It's just good stupid. Uh, yeah. You got you to gotta lean into the stupid. That's right. <laughs> I, would, I would consider it the, like the lowest form of comedy, but because it's that. No, no. It, I'm listening. Follow me here. I'm listening. <laughs> but because it's that, it really hits you like to your core, and it's the thing that makes me laugh the most because it's very almost animalistic exactly. in how it works. That's why. Uh, that's yeah, it's why like I a... think it's the funny. But it's also the least thought out. <laughs> it's like a magic trick. You see a magician walking down the street, you're like, "Fuck that guy." But if he does, <laughs> if he makes the the Statue of Liberty disappear, you're like, "Whoa!" That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is Blaine's on to something. <laughs> I yeah, think, I don't think you can pull that off. He would like pull it out of someone's body or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He does grosser stuff, doesn't That's he? The thing he did. He he definitely. David was it David Blaine or David? Oh, I'm sorry, David Copperfield. No, it's Dobby, David Copperfield. David Copperpot. Yeah. Cop- Copperpot. <laughs> uh, David Copperfield. He did the Statue of Liberty, and he also did the one where he went through the. Uh, uh, Great Wall of China. He he did a he did like a series of uh, going to big monuments and doing a magic trick with them. Huh. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of magic, can I do that <laughs> with magic? I can do it with magic. Where is this going, guy? No, hear me out. Like wizards and like ma- like magical elements. Okay, you gonna tie? You can see how this ties in, right? At all. To the movie, Bill. What's Th- your relationship with the <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street franchise as a whole? Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's long and storied, I'd say. Uh, Please, because of how. Okay, so um, my uh, my cousin, when I was a kid, my cousin Thomas lived with us, and he was uh, sixteen years my senior. <clears throat> so obviously, much more worldly than i was at six or seven Hmm. uh and one day we were walking through sears which was a department store (laughs) uh uh, sears uh, i just don't know if they got any searses these days anyhow we're walking through sears yeah where's where's the opportunity to get lost and only see like uh like washers and dryers for like endless aisles (laughs) and be terrified yeah i meant (laughs) 
but also be sure that your parents were going to come find you. Because <laughs> <laughs> place is a cavern of retail. I'll just hide in this dryer until they find me. <laughs> what could ever go wrong? Uh, anyhow, walking through Sears with my cousin Thomas at maybe six or seven, I'm maybe six or seven years old. And he explained to me the premise of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it, it ruined me for a decade. I, uh, I had terrible, terrible uh, sleep problems after that. I had uh, at least like four or five times a week, I would be like up in the middle of the night, have to go downstairs, get a parent uh, or, or wake them up in the middle because of how without ever having seen any of these movies, the concept of Freddy Krueger really, uh, really frightened me pretty, pretty severely um, because it's a super scary concept. I think even as an adult, it's, Mm -hmm. it holds up as like, yeah, that's very obviously scary. And uh, at six or seven, I didn't uh, understand. So had like a solid 10 years of trying to avoid any sleepover that might have uh, evolved into the viewing of one of these movies or, or anything like that. And then finally, when I was in high school, I became like obsessed with uh, conquering it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then that was really watching Nightmare on Elm Street made me into like the horror fanatic that I am today. You're giving me hope. I watch I watch Scream through the reflection of a microwave as a child, and if like I've ne- this is my first like even just doing these movies is like challenging for me as a 34 year old adult. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I you hit like you hit the fact that it just the concept itself that's the scariest part of about the whole franchise. Like scarier than the movies is just the concept in and of itself. Uh, yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Get out of my dreams. <laughs> yeah. Because I had a I had a very similar thing too, which I think I've talked about it on the, uh, in the past two episodes. But in like around fifth grade, someone someone described it to me because they had an older brother who uh, who uh, liked the movies, so they got, they got it described to them. Uh, so I had secondhand description, uh, the whole franchise, and I was like, oh, that sounds like the scariest thing I've ever heard. I don't want to ever watch that. And then sometime in high school, I was like. I think today's the day. Today's the day I'm going to do this. And then I was mm. like, oh, this isn't scary. This is just like, it's a, it's just fun. It's, it's, I think I also at the time thought it was kind of stupid uh, because 80s horror is inherently kind of stupid, despite the fact I love watching them. And then sometime when I was like 21, I watched all the rest of them and I was like, these are fun. These are a lot of fun. I, I could watch these again. Especially this one. <laughs> I was actually going to say, uh, so how many have, how many of them have you seen out of all of these movies? Uh, I've seen them all. Okay, you've seen every single one. Cool. This is my, I'm my first time doing all of these. Am I going to be, where I stand now, am I going to get more disappointed <laughs> or am I going to be happier? Well, it depends on how you go into each one. If you go into it thinking like, um, that you're going to be terrified. I don't think you're going no. to cool. uh, have those expectations nope. met. If you go into it being like excited to see some big effects, 
you're gonna love it. You'll be blown away if you let yourself be blown away by the special effects in the rest of this franchise. You, cool. you, you might find that really pleasing. And if you go in for a laugh, you're definitely gonna uh, come away satisfied because this is the one. Number on Elm Street Three is when everything kind of finally aligns and they figure it out. Yep. That although Freddy's the antagonist, people love it when he's front and center cracking cracking wise as you could tell from the kai the one that's in your background right now the oh welcome uh, to prime time bitch that's yeah, the yeah, first yeah. line of the series that everyone was like that's hilarious let's Ooh, let's do that for it, the yeah. rest of the series it wasn't until i watched this movie that i actually had more like i got more appreciation for them playing off of it in rick and morty like because they they have an episode yeah. oh, of scary about, terry yeah. scary terry yeah and it wasn't until i saw this yesterday that i was like okay cool they're really pulling a shitload from specifically nightmare on elm street 3 uh because he I, yeah they turned the knob on let's just have let's see what else can we get this fucking guy to say but uh i did geek out and looked into it that primetime uh line is actually improvised he didn't that wasn't in the script oh interesting that was one that was one that he just came up with on the spot i love robert england like i'm a huge uh, Robert England fan. I've read his uh, his autobiography that mm-hmm. uh, he wrote and then re-released a few years ago. Um, and he, this one, Dream Warriors, is where it not it didn't just crystallize for the audience. I think it connected with the audience because it all lined up for him. The first one, he felt re- super alienated. He had all these pretty actors and actresses around him, and he was this like kind of separate guy that wasn't really allowed to partake in like the (laughs) fun of filmmaking, like being on a set and stuff because he's isolated when he's getting makeup done. And then it also took the longest amount of time that first time. Mm. And then the second Emmerich Elm Street part two, Freddy's revenge was made so quickly that there wasn't really time to evolve the character. Yeah. Uh, But then by part three, they kind of got the, makeup down to more of a rhythm and it's less of a painful process for him and then he's figuring out like when to when to improvise and when to let him sling and it works it's and you can yeah i I don't know i feel like i can feel that joy of discovery in Mm -hmm. in this movie and he does i love it he does have a little bit of a comedy background because uh, there was that show he was on like right before this and i wish i could remember it off the top of my head Uh, he was on a sci-fi uh show called v that was on yes. uh, abc and which i always feel like i've underestimated how big of a deal v what v it turns out in like the when it was on was like a super big deal because i only remember it as the remake series that came mm-hmm. to abc maybe a decade ago but the original v was like a huge deal hmm. i didn't know that i only knew about the remake too yeah and uh, he he'd been he had like a a big uh, theater background and had then uh, made this little like cottage industry career for himself as like the the second banana kind of in a lot of movies and TV yep. shows because he's like he doesn't have like a leading man uh, demeanor I don't think he's kind of got like a you're right, and he's got like a comedy face. Yeah, you know, he's he's the guy. You, look, he's the cut to guy. You cut. Let's see what this guy's fucking doing. And he's exactly. always That's exactly yeah, brings right. it. Like you can see, like 
I don't know. Like, I, I bet this guy, this guy could not talk to me and just clown around in the room I'm in for like an hour and I'd lose my shit laughing. Like, I feel like he could probably pull that shit off really well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I definitely get comedy vibes from him. The, I mean, I kind of have to uh, take him for a laugh during this entire movie. He's no longer scary that much. Just, I mean, the, the maybe I'm wrong. You can fight me on this, but I'm, I'm as little afraid of him as I have been uh, at this point. He's not. He, yeah. I can definitely say he's at his scariest in one and two. And then again in new nightmare, I think that there's some pretty effective scares in a new nightmare. Yeah. I'd but say yeah. so. After, was, especially, I'm sorry, guy. I was just going to say, once you see him at a pool party, you're kind of just like, all right, I'm not doing this guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this guy hangs. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> I feel really, uh, conflicted about that second movie because that pool scene uh just that one scene kind of deflates the rest of the franchise because it's the one time that he's he breaks his own rules yeah and uh but you can't throw the whole movie away because it's such a fun uh and important movie like uh i don't know if either of you got the chance to see the scream queen documentary that came out no we got about part two we will. Uh, we have Bob to. Bob talked about it a lot. Yeah. Yep. Super. I was. I was. It was super worthwhile and uh, and taught me a lot about how it was seen by contemporary audiences, which is super <laughs> disappointing to learn that, especially the the main actor then had like a really tough time just going through trying to get other jobs and oh, yeah. trying to exist in life. Yep. Uh, so it's yeah. it's cool that second, to rewatch. That second part probably hurt more than the no career was just the hard part existing as a human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I am very intrigued to watch this because it sounds very, sounds like it got real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the third one's fun. Yeah, this is like you said. Third one is when they really establish the rules. We know what he can do, uh, and we know what's going on in every scene because. Yeah. As we had been saying with this, with the second one, it's very ambiguous what's going on. Uh, and in the first one, they purposely were like, well, we didn't want you to know whether or not it was a dream mm-hmm. in every scene. And that kind of throws off the rhythm of that movie a little bit mm-hmm. because you're never quite sure what's going on. But the third one, they're like, no, you'll know when you're in a dream, you know, when you're in real life and you know that he can kill in uh, dreams. And we all know the rules. Let's have fun with that. We've established the rules. Let's let's uh, do everything we can. And it's cool because it put the ball back into uh, you know series creator Wes Craven's court. And mm-hmm. but with that comes like there were like three or four other people on the script, uh, include like Frank Darabont worked on this, which is <laughs> still blows my mind. Like that's that's incredible that. They had like a, a filmmaker of that caliber just doing like the third and fourth pass on this this script. This one has a lot of like star power in it because it's got Patricia Arquette. It's got uh, it's because and it's got a um, debut feature actually. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. who is oh yeah. Just yep. killing it. Like you just <laughs> he's just one of those guys. He shows up on your screen, and you're just like, Yeah. What's that, Jim? We're having technical problems and it's the perfect time to go to commercial break? Okay. But only because you said so. 
Oh, hello. Who am I, you ask? Well, that's on a need-to-know basis, and I guess you need to know. I'm Don Al from the WatchNet Podcast, a little podcast where me and my co-host Robert dive into different TV shows and movies to give our viewpoints and reviews. TV shows like The Boys to the 1999 hit movie The 13th Floor. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, come join us at WatchNetPod.com or on any podcast provider. Hey everyone, it's the other host here with some great news. We have ourselves our first Captain's Log Patreon tier member. Thank you so much, Crimson, for joining us. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Rotten Treasure does have a Patreon where you can gain access to uh, voting power in upcoming franchises, early release episodes, extra bonus recap episodes, and that's not all. You can also, with the Captain's Log tier, uh, you can promote a business, an organization, uh, something you're proud of yourself. You can just promote pretty much anything within reason, maybe not a cult. We'll, st- we'll start with not, yeah, no, no cults, please. Uh, but Crimson would like to give a special shout out this week to Huge Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. There is a wonderful improv theater where you can go to see shows every single night of the week except for Tuesdays. Folks, you can get into a show at 8 o'clock, get your laugh on, get home by 9.30, and go to bed like a responsible adult. Crimson and I did it. We had a blast. We think it was great. If you don't think so, don't come crying back to us. You're wrong. Let's get back to the show. Thanks, Crimson. Like, Patricia Arquette's great, too, and uh, everyone else is kind of uh, is doing a pretty good job, but he's just, like, head and shoulders above everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give him the, the parts. I yeah. Agree with the... He just shows up at a thing, and you're like, I want to watch this guy. Like, this guy was in Apocalypse Now. I want to see him do everything. Ooh. I think the other person that kept me captivated was, uh, what is the name of the actor? She played uh, Amanda Kruger. The she played the um oh I'll look that up because yeah, I, I recognize I recognize her for something else and it's driving me nuts. Um, Nan Martin is Nan. Mm-hmm. N-A-N. Her Nan. first name is what I called my grandma. <laughs> yep, looks like that was her birth name too. Hmm. What else do I know her from, Jim? Or does she just look like somebody else I've seen in a movie? Uh, did you watch Doctor Detroit? No, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> Shallow Hal. Oh my God! Sadly, that's what I know her from. She's Nurse <laughs> Tanya Peeler. I was like, I've seen her in something else. What a weird fucking pull from my brain to know that Jack Black sees her as hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, that movie exists. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, question. So. I, well, first off, I'm just going to say it. I, I fucking love this movie. Um, I don't know if accidentally earlier I led you to believe that I didn't like this movie. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm on board. It and it's 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 because of the characters. I like the characters. Uh, yes. I like t- the teens more in this movie than I did even in, in the first or the second movie. Which is, sorry, Johnny Depp. I, I still, I enjoy the characters more in this film than you. Well, fun, fun thing. Everyone does. It's a, uh, it's, I think it does the same thing that it does it does the same thing that the breakfast club does really well in that it like Mm -hmm. takes these kids understand that they may fill roles Mm -hmm. like a have a DD kid have a uh a punk kid but also like a understanding that those roles are like 
real in real life. Like those mm-hmm. are both self uh, image and kind of reflected back to you is how other people see you. But also they like give, they don't just hang their hat on that. They give these characters full stories and full, uh, they're people. They're not just like, I feel like a lot of slashers are just like, this guy's the stoner and that's it. That's all you learn about that person. Right. Uh, is that they like to get high and they giggle and then they die. I will say that one character kid who's just only like, who is just turned on by Freddy and like, well, not actually by Freddy Krueger, but like has the, the, has basically the wet dream that turns into Freddy Krueger being Uh, the naked woman. Yeah. Joey's main thing is I'm horny (laughs) and I don't talk. Uh, But yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And I stand. (laughs) But the characters have wants and needs. They all, they all really, they have uh, motivations and things. And you're like, okay, cool. I yeah, this kid is the this kid is the wizard, but like he also uh wants to fit in. Like he's got like he's got things going on for him. He wants everyone. He wants to help everyone. Right. This is I I love this movie because I feel like any other franchise this would have been the storyline for a tie-in comic book that came like between movies or something. Like, there's a lot of really great Halloween comics and a lot of really great Hellraiser comics. And uh, a group of kids in a in an institution dealing with the traumas of uh, the, the franchise baddie feels like it would have been explored in, like, a, a comic book in a different... Like, it's, mm-hmm. I'm just so happy that this exists and this is what the story is. Mm-hmm. And we get to see it as a fully fleshed out, expensive looking movie. Yes, it's, I, I, I'm ready. Show me the universe. I want to see more of this. Yeah, there's a lot of moments of like, there's a lot of character moments where they let them like really breathe. Freddy doesn't show up for a while. Like he shows up at the very beginning and then they give him like a half hour where they're like, let's introduce everyone and like really get a feel of who they are and what they're going to do for the, what they're going to do for the plot, what they want to do. And critically, never in that time are you like, geez, I wish Freddy would show up and yeah. li- liven up the party because they do a great job of keeping you interested. And I think it's because they're all like real feeling grounded kind of characters. Yes. There's like the eighties cheese. I'm sure people would like to say about it, but I I do, I do think that they do a great job of setting up these kids that you're going to feel for. I think it's hard not to empathize when they did that from the angle of like, who are you in your dreams? Like what a, what a fun thing to ask the characters. Like what do you, what like brilliant. Yeah, like if I were in my dream, in my I'm sadly when I think about my dreams, I'm pretty sure I'm just me. Like I don't I I don't I've I've lucid I've had lucid dreams, but like I, even in those I'm not like I'm going to make myself cooler. Like I don't <laughs> I don't do that. I'm still just me. Um but in this, you know, like there is that kind of um is it how do you pronounce her name? Uh Taryn? Yeah, Taryn. Taryn. Uh you know, like in in her dreams she's just fucking badass and has like knives and uh I was just say she had, she was the one who had the line in my dreams I'm beautiful and well, dangerous yeah, yeah is that what it was cool something like yep. that uh, badass outfit I don't think I could pull it off but it's great uh, with the mohawk and everything and uh, I think 
I mean, it was, <laughs> they, they ended up uh, closing out her story with like a pretty cheesy yet somehow fitting uh, way for her to die, which is he, like Freddie had like crystal meth hands. Is that what, as the best way to put it? I think oh. were, it was uh, heroin needles. He was heroin yeah. needles? Is that what she was? She was a heroin addict? I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. drugs. Sure. Um, but he had like heroin hands. Great. But like I, I gave, like they were able to, in the short period of time, give me enough to be like, oh, fuck. That was like a character that matters that like has hopes and like is trying to succeed. And in their dreams, they see themselves conquering like the difficulties they're facing. And fuck, now they've been killed in their dream by literally the worst fucking possible thing. Yep. And at like coming from an addict's perspective, I don't ever once feel like, well, that's not what it feels like. I'm like, no, that's sad and terrifying. And Mm -hmm. what it does feel like to succumb to your issues, like that's, there's a great visual representation of that uh, tragedy, I guess. Yeah. The, one of the another thing that's a a, a, a silver lining there too. I, I don't know if it's a silver lining if there's a cloud there because it's still good. Um, addicts have come up to that actress and have said that her role in the movie has helped them huh. overcome their uh, 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 like start uh, start their new lives. It's beautiful. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, she she said that a lot of people have come up to her in cons saying that. Which I is feel nice. that way about Taryn, and I feel that way about uh, Dan Tor- Torrance in uh, in Doctor Sleep when he's all grown up. Uh, okay, he's got like a good arc of uh, so, you know conquering uh, those issues. I haven't seen or heard. Uh, I haven't seen or read uh, Doctor Sleep yet, so I it, I've always, I've been kind of putting it off because I'm a big fan of The Shining, and I'm like, ooh, do I wanna do I wanna go into that? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. Is yeah, it yeah, I under I understand and felt that way for a really long time. I put off reading Doctor Sleep until the movie was just about to come out, and then I was like shocked and really moved by. I also had the. Uh, just the coincidence of it was one of the, like the uh, first books that I started reading after I had to like stop drinking, mm-hmm. and that's his that's his arc too. He's in his in his issues the same way his dad was, and then throughout the it was just cool to have like uh, I'm trying to get sober, and here's like a sober hero. I think I needed that a lot when I read it, but I think that it also has value outside of that if you are somebody who is still able to drink, you will still enjoy uh, Dr. Sleep. It's a really shocked at how solid it was. Cause it shouldn't be a sequel to the shining. Shouldn't be good. And and it was, and then the movie was excellent too. Well, it sounds like they did. It sounds like Stephen King did the right thing because when you read the shining, it's about alcoholism and he, and he knew to take, the theme of the shining and expand on that rather than take the plot of the shining and expand on it. It's exactly right. Yeah. It is a very good uh, uh, piece of work for that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I also, I just have the misfortune of turning every podcast into being about alcoholism sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you got, well, now you got me over here thinking, cause I'm trying to think of the movie 
that I should have watched in like my mid twenties. Like, what movie is good about getting off pills? Because like I got into Perks in my twenties really bad, and that was a pain in the ass to get off of. Um, and are there? Yeah, are there? I, I hear that. I hear that. Who's the? My where's the? Where's the Perk Redemption stories? Are they out in movies? Where's my? <laughs> uh. Oh, that's a really good question, actually. Well, God, did you do it yourself? Well, <laughs> this this question brought to you by Kai's <laughs> perk addiction. Uh, yeah. Were you were you able to do it do it alone? So like, I, uh... I I got off them because one of my friends crashed and burned in a very 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 sad way. Um, still with us. God damn. Uh, but when when literally someone you were like really really close to that's like kind of one of your buddies through the the journey that kind of yes ands all of your addiction. <laughs> Uh, when they crash and burn, that that was enough for me to be like, I'm gonna go lock myself in my room for a while, and everybody leave well, me well alone. Well done. Um, I don't so know hardly anybody that uh that can do that. Just hiding in a room, so. sh- shaking it out, and being angry than I've ever been as a person. I hated everything and everyone. Uh, <laughs> but what I hated more was the concept of letting myself. Sorry, I should have to. Well, I don't you, know. We'll decide if I keep the story. It's literally uh, it's just allowing myself to like get to the clearly the painful position that I could see this person that I cared about being in. Uh, so I got a I got a front row tickets to being like, all right, cool. I'm only like one month behind you. So let's just <laughs> let's not let myself get to to where we're at. Uh, even worse. A, God bless. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. You did a train spotting. That's a, uh, that's how uh, that's how he gets clean. Is he just locks himself into a room? Oh, I don't know what that yeah. is. Oh, tra- fantastic tra- movie. Train spotting. Yeah, it's about heroin addiction. I don't know if it was necessary. Also, I, I do not want to recommend that it as it's the healthiest way to deal with anything. Anybody listening, I don't know how you want to deal with with your no, substance issues, but, <laughs> but but again, like don't just do what I do, which is just like, no, yeah, I got it. I'm that's good. What, <laughs> that's what rehab is room. for. Rehab is so that you can do that, but you're being watched so that uh, it's not as horrible uh, of an experience as just being locked in a room. Yeah, uh, they can like get you a pillow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I just made this connection, uh, but I just realized the thing that I was so grateful to lose after getting rid of uh, getting myself off pills was just like I would used I used to do perk thirties and watch um, Dexter. That was my go to show for some reason. I get itchy and yeah, watch yeah. De- Dexter. Like that's where I was at in my life. Uh, <laughs> but. I just started watching New Blood again, and I'm very grateful that I have no interest in... <laughs> I, I'm not... I don't... I don't really... I, I really... Uh, this is great. I have no interest in continuing to watch the show, nor doing any Percocets. You did it. It all came full circle. Thank you so much, Dexter. <laughs> God bless. Yeah, it is funny how you have your little rituals uh, in your in your shit. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I found out in my recovery, I recovered, like, a lot of things that I'd left behind when I was, like, 12 and started drinking, and now I'm like... I like ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good get back. Damn. Yeah. Oh my god. But I, uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you're able to like separate Dexter from Percocets and still feel like <laughs> act- I just don't like Dexter. I was I was really hoping for like a different feeling around this time. Nope, just still don't like it. It's fine. <laughs> He's still it's a murderer. Enough. That we were like, I like this guy. <laughs> There's something about him, you know. But now everything is that. Every show is that. Yeah, that's yeah. you. Yeah, use the big one that everyone's fucking nuts yeah. about. And I, I've watched it all. I can't say shit. I watch it. I'm aware. I'm one of the people who knows. But even <sighs> I feel like so many true crime uh, documentaries are like this enigmatic, charismatic murderer, <laughs> and I'm just like, I just spend time painting a picture of who died. Like give give their yeah. families the at least like the respect to have a 
part of the documentary be like she was a wonderful person instead of like this, this sexy <laughs> <laughs> oh the sexy slicers back at it again yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is really it's really all the Ted Bundy stuff because everyone was like, oh, he was a he was a charismatic man, but he killed people for fun. And that's who he was. And it really doesn't show any of the victims. They're just almost almost like slasher movies where they're just like, yeah, it's going to say it's kind of yeah. Freddy's fault. If yeah. you think about it, because nobody's buying a ticket because they're like. I wonder what's going to happen to Nancy this time around. <laughs> it's all Freddy's the poster. Freddy's what got you in the seat. Freddy's on my T-shirt. Uh, I, I feel so like it's, it's, it's my fault, too. What's about to happen to me is the same thing that happened to me when I watched all the Tremors movies, which is it's about to just fucking turn on. And sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. But it's about to fucking flip on and be fucking bonkers. Um, I gotta get into the rest of those Tremors movies. I just saw the first one for the first time uh, this past year, and I Jim, friggin' loved it. Jim is shaking his head. No, don't do it. <laughs> okay, for you, uh, you can watch the next three. Um, as soon as Jamie Kennedy shows up, I would say no. You're you're good. Like they're not even <laughs> fun to watch anymore once he shows up. Yeah, but like it's the inverse of Scream. Then. Wait, 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 oh, because once Jamie Kennedy leaves, it's uh, it's done. <laughs> it's no longer fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You're right. <sighs> wait, was he? I I I liked. I saw the first four screams because I know there's a fifth one that I haven't seen unless that's like coming out. And... It hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. And okay. I'm still just okay. dis- none of the. I've been campaigning for them to like stylize it as the number five and then. Oh, like, oh, five uh, instead of the just because I cream. yeah I like yeah, five, five I love five cream, cream. I think that five that's cream's like cream. a perfect <laughs> joke in Thirty Rock they had the fifth Snow Dogs movie was Five Dog now five <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> it's a uh, it's funny um, <laughs> is that how you end all your sets <laughs> yeah. yeah is a joke everyone um no I, ha- I actually i haven't done stand-up since i've been out in chicago i've been a little scaredy cat a five caredy cat <laughs> you don't know what i'm just going to tell you this right here in a safe space bill you don't have to do stand-up if you don't want to well that's what i've learned i can yeah. i'm happy yeah <laughs> I feel joy that's not like contingent upon yeah. strangers validating Ah. <laughs> Oh, I love it, and I'm happy. Maybe I'll get to it eventually, but I think it'll be in a different capacity than I did it before. I'll never again be at two thirty at the Raven Lounge. Well, in, instead, almost now, in tears because nobody's responding to what I. <laughs> have to say. But the the beauty of doing improv uh, more often instead is is that now whenever someone does just, just like doesn't vibe with what you say, it's like ah, it's just what I pull out of my ass, you know? Like <laughs> it's a little less close That's to true. who you I are. Didn't than have weeks to craft right this, uh, right material. i mean there's also it's also a team sport where it's just ev- like you're with a bunch of people and sometimes the like you're having a good night but it's just like the team isn't as cohesive as it uh normally is so even though you feel like you're like you're pulling out some good stuff it's just like but it's not gelling with how everyone yeah. is feeling that night and you Literally. just had a bad night and you're just like well we we you, you kind of just all can come together and go yeah. oh, that wasn't that great oh well let's get <laughs> let's move on 
If you're on a good team, the yeah. worst that happens to you is nobody says that what you did was one of their favorite things afterwards. <laughs> like when everyone's like, hey, what did you enjoy? And no one says what you like. That's the worst. I, from what I see with stand-up, the worst is literally your friend being like, you're a fucking idiot. You should quit stand-up. Anyways, here's a beer, asshole. And then <laughs> um, that, I, I've done very minimal uh, hangout. Oh, I'm getting all of my information from watching, what is it? Um, uh, crashing. Pete, no, crashing with Pete Holmes. <laughs> For what I understand, uh, that's, that's the show that finally pushed me off of the Pete Holmes train. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually, that might be the last bit of content uh, around the time I stopped listening to his podcast. Actually, yeah, that might be it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I used to be a mm -hmm. huge fan of You Made It Weird, and then I just had enough. <laughs> I was like, this guy doesn't have any problems. <laughs> no, but hear him out. Hold on. <laughs> Kinda, he's a dad, and he's been a dad for a long time even before he wasn't like he's his bit is that he's that guy he's the equivalent of khakis and that's his favorite thing is that he's i'm, I'm a khaki i'm khakis yeah. but a person yeah but yeah. it turns out that this world is filled with khakis you know yeah. what i mean like there yeah. is uh because the people walking down the street are khakis and the people that are sitting in the audience are khakis so we don't need more khaki representation yeah you know yeah, uh, yeah, it was, uh, the the Pete Holmes show. Because I, wa I watched that Pete whole Holmes. thing. His whole thing, I feel like, is that he is the opposite of diversity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like, like that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, friendly. Yeah. He's not using slurs. Right. But... Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, he's the... He's nearly see-through. Yeah, no, how, very much so. Just how white in... Yeah. He's like, he's not even just racially. He's That man is culturally yeah. white. One of his biggest oh, hits yeah. was about him wearing Lululemon. So, yeah. <laughs> his biggest hits. Well, by that I mean when when I uh oh, God okay so I used to I used to listen to his show regularly and I would listen to his uh, a lot of stand up for a while on Spotify and I remember that being one of his like Spotify ones on the top was that one um he did that like Lulu a bit on Lemon about Lululemon yeah I'm getting away from myself I do Pete Holmes and his jokes have brought me a lot of joy over the years and a lot of laughs um and he also his podcast introduced me to the teachings of Ram Das, who's somebody that I, I hold pretty nearly. Ram Das's book, Be Here Now, mm -hmm. uh, is a real good spiritual guide. Okay. <laughs> you say this with like, you're, you're not serious, but you are serious. Uh, and that's no, why yeah, I'm being, uh, being yeah. earnest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just doesn't look good on me. <laughs> Uh, I will say the the one thing I'm grateful for the Pete Holmes show for was uh, there was a Tignataro has one of her bi uh, bits. Everybody go look up Taylor Dane. It's like a 12 to 14 minute bit on a pop singer that nobody's ever heard of. It's great. Um, and it's it was on like a late night of, I think, either his show or did he did he ever fucking like was he like the, the crowd guy right on somebody else's show? He was. Was yeah, it Conan? Yeah. Oh, it was Conan. He was crowd guy on Conan. I was going to say on, in his in the the TV show, he was the crowd guy on Rachel Ray, and I assumed oh. that wasn't the truth, but I knew he probably was a crowd guy. Let's let's bypass Pete Holmes right here. Okay, Tignataro is on a on a Conan show. Forget Pete Holmes exists. Go go look that up. <laughs> <laughs> He's only in the clip for like three seconds. He goes, "This is Tig," and you go, "Great, give me the person I want." <laughs> kind of a comedic middleman.
yeah. Pete Holmes. Yeah. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I just I just realized that at one point that's what I wanted to be, but I'm so glad I don't want to be that anymore. Um, the, you know what I mean? The crowd control person? Uh, I, I at one point was like, oh, I kind of like like this kind of like comedy host person. Like, I think this is like, you know, this guy, you know, like very blah, blah, blah. I don't I don't ever want to. That's not a comedy style that I want to try to achieve to do. Well, is, it's a is that person. It's a steady job and you don't have to do the risk of being like <laughs> this is going to sound terrible of being an individual like and having like your own perspective. Mm-hmm. You get to uh, you get to kind of be like the audience perspective yeah that makes sense yeah it's a completely uh i don't i i think there's still room for creativity but it does it's further onto the commerce side than it is the art side of of comedy yeah you don't really get to sell yourself as as easily because people are like I well, I came to see this other person. Who is this guy? Kind of thing. But that's the thing. Everybody's already opted in together. You have an audience that's already agreeing on at least one thing, whether that's I like Ellen or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you do. You can whip them into a easy fervor, just being mm-hmm. like, "Who here likes Ellen?" <laughs> <Here's a t-shirt>. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's- I mean, uh, definitely not knocking uh, people who are uh, those people. That's a it's a very uh, it's a good job to have. I feel like I'd get burnt fucking out hard doing too, it. Though, something like, yeah. oh yeah, on how long people stood in line. I don't know. Oof. Also, I'll say it. I still like Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> the TV show or the person? Like, do you guys know each other? <laughs> no, I don't need to like the person. I can like her TV show, and I think that's fine. I've never I've never depended on Ellen being nice to me. So I can still <laughs> enjoy. I, I, just, I don't know. I love Dory. <laughs> I can't help it. Look, okay, hold on. Pull up your uh, underneath. Okay, everyone, right now, Bill is showing us underneath the Nightmare on Elm Street T-shirt is an a Dory <laughs> T-shirt <laughs> as well. Uh, I didn't realize you were such it a says finding Dory. Dory bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy that at the Jersey uh, Shore? The uh, no. Uh, I um. I'll have you know, I paid forty five dollars for this T shirt at the Disney store <laughs> on on Michigan Avenue here in Chicago. True fan. I I mean Ellen's stuff. Ellie's uh, Ellie. Ellen's early stuff is really good. Like her early stand up is excellent. Mm-hmm. She's an excellent stand up comedian. Uh, she's, uh, she was great when she hosted, uh, the, what was it called? Ellen's journey through energy in, uh, (laughs) Epcot. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I love that ride. Yeah. She's, she's great at that. Ellen is. Is she, is she half, does she had to be there herself or was it something she was on a video for? (laughs) She did once. She had to be there herself (laughs) once and then they filmed it and then. There's like an animatronic at some points. Mm-hmm. It's nice. fun. It's multimedia. Bill Nye is there. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I've been stuck on that ride a couple of times. Yeah, where they it just like stops in the middle of uh, the ride and it's like, this is what dinosaurs are. Yeah, it does this break down pretty frequently are. near the dinosaurs. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've been I've been stuck in that particular part. I I remember being a child. I was probably like second grade. 
or a third grade and uh stuck on that part of the ride and being like can we leave and my mom was like no we're trapped we can't go anywhere being second grade in epcot is tough what do you mean uh epcot is uh has until very recently always favored education over thrill and i think that uh yeah a second grader in particular is yeah. in a Disney park being like, thrill me. I didn't give a they're shit not, about that. Yeah, I was around that time. They're not there to learn about fossil fuels. I want to say I went in like second grade and then I went again at like 17 years old. And even as a 17 year old, I was like, yeah, fuck Epcot. <laughs> I like, cool. Like, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I had a bad day in Epcot. I We went on the uh, uh, the ride that had just, just opened up when I went the first time was, uh, I, it, it was either... No, no, the that that came later. It was the it was either the spaceship one or the uh, the car one. Oh, Both Mission of them were Space there. Or test track. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Missions. One of them had just opened up, but they both were there, and I was like, "This is awesome. Both of these are cool." And then we went around and looked at all the uh, uh, the countries, and I got bored as hell, and I hated it. Yep. Yeah. That's, I remember that's eating. you're not like wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had chocolate mousse and I was like, okay, I get it. Can we leave now? <laughs> I oh, yeah. also got to play Kingdom Hearts for the first time because they had a uh, like a PlayStation 2 there. And I went, Mom, I want to buy a PlayStation 2 when we get home. And I bought the most used PlayStation 2 ever for like <laughs> $90. Hell yeah. Used all my birthday money. Uh, every time I uh, I think of Kingdom Hearts nowadays, I I think of uh, Michael Savitsky. Yeah, love, yeah, get him a big uh, big Mike. Give him a shout out on there. It's okay. Because the the first time first time I ever first time Mike had ever I had ever seen Mike uh, was Mike did a uh, thing at the Black Friday comedy marathon at like three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And just explained the entire franchise, and it was still. I still think of it as just like a brilliant piece of content. It was, well, that was, it was really really fun. If I'm not mistaken, the big part about that is he did it in five minutes. I think. Yep. Right. Yep. He yeah. Yeah. It was everything a, in five like minutes. A, uh, during the bits portion of the mm-hmm. Black Friday comedy marathon. I also saw that. Uh, that was also the first time I saw Mike. Uh, and I remember thinking like. I remember we had we when we got him on the team. I remember being like, "Oh, that's the that's the Kingdom Hearts guy. He's really funny. He's amazing. He must have been doing this for years." Found out he had been doing it for like six months uh, at the point that he did that, and I was like, "Oh, damn, he's really good for him." <laughs> it it endeared me to him immediately. Yeah, Mike is an amazing uh, comedian, and like right out the gate, he was really funny too. I sadly didn't get to go to this, but what I love is that I know at 3 a.m. he still gave 120 percent, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it clearly paid off. I mean, <laughs> two people here are familiar with this content. Like, if you can make people remember the content you made at 3 a.m., you're a good performer. <laughs> you did it. Well, yeah, I that was Four. the first Black Friday I had gone to. Mm. Uh, and I remember all the bits I saw that night. I could they were all so funny and just wild. And there's so many comedians who are 
who were Philly comedians that like I now can I now recognize because of that show. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best that that could be the Black Friday comedy marathon. Yeah, Uh, it just brings you closer to people. Yeah, from my understanding, that was like that one that we had gone to. That was 2018's. That was like one of the last really good ones because 2019 was. What Uh, happened in 2019, Jim? (laughs) A lot of people had left at that point. A lot of people had gone to Chicago. So we were down to like half the comedians. Mm. And a lot of people were just not excited to be there. And they didn't even fill out all the bits. Like normally it's like (laughs) normally from my understanding, Black Friday was like they had to turn down bits left and right because they just had so many of them because there was just so many really funny people. And then for 2019, they couldn't fill it out. There was like a spot from like, there was a spot at like 4 a.m. where they didn't have any bits go on. Uh, see, this is why I should have been there. I would have done my Breaking Bad in the reverse skit I really want to do, where it's about a... a... Where wakes up on money. No, I just, I know, I just, I really want Jesse Pinkman and Walter White to just be like, it's about a drug addict. Uh, or, or it's like about like a, a, like a drug meth or, uh, or like a meth maker and like, another young like it's still jesse pickman just getting his life together and becoming a high school science teacher um uh it's brilliant yeah this is breaking it's breaking good it's the and then i still want him to die the exact same way i just wanted to get like (laughs) just destroyed (laughs) and just shot away uh yeah he still dies at the end but yeah that feels like a good fight like a good 3 a.m sketch that doesn't feel like something that should be allowed to be seen by more than people awake at that time they uh they let my sketch team host the bits portion one year and then, uh, and then apparently the following year, everybody involved was given specific instructions. Oh no! To not allow us <laughs> to host anything. Wait, really? Uh, <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, yeah. And I've, I don't know. I've harbored a lot of that guilt because uh, I was pretty. I was a sick drunk at the time, <laughs> and uh, I feel like I've probably created more problems than I was worth uh, doing that. And. Uh, but uh, we had a ball. We had a really great time. I bought yeah. Neilis a pair of Heelys, and <laughs> he had to uh, wear them to introduce a couple bits, which is fun. Uh, Wait, was you yeah, talking we about were... Andrew Neilis had Heelys on, at a show? <laughs> yeah, ne- Neilis Heelys. Neilis <laughs> Heelys. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was the entirety of the thought that was put into that. I spent sixty dollars. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, we'll see next time we get Andrew Neelis back. We'll see if we can get him to wear the Heelys for y'all. Yeah, that's a great podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really stupid. You just hear, like... <laughs> as, he, as he rolls by. Uh, so it's about that time. I want to make sure if there are things in your notes, uh, or just things that have been, uh, you know... that need to be discussed what are they uh feel free to, to let us know uh i'd like to pose a few questions to please you do uh yes please does this movie need the amanda Kruger subplot this one in particular no. jim's gonna have a different perspective because you've seen them all and i haven't and mine is i guess i'll find out um and from the sounds of that question maybe not that important then well you gotta also keep in mind that None of these are planned. Like none at all. The, every single movie was just almost like <laughs> yeah, you're right. Almost you're like this is going to be the last one. Exactly. 
Okay, right um, on. So, no, really, no, they didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the, uh, the movies, yeah, I'm glad that they had that in there just to introduce it, but well, still. I thought, that, I thought they were going to do something more interesting, which is just have her be Freddy Krueger. Like, like that... <laughs> Like the every single time, like I was like, oh, just like if if Ray Kruger can be like a, a naked woman in a bed for somebody else, I was like, oh, they're gonna make it so the whole time you find out that that was Freddie being a nun and talking to him, and I didn't get that twist, um, but that's fine. I uh, yeah, I, I felt ill prepared. Uh, bringing <laughs> uh, somebody to watch it with you yeah. is different, and I felt that there should have been, I should have provided. Uh, maybe a trigger warning for anybody uh, oh, that I watch this with that you're going to find out in semi-graphic detail how Freddy is the bastard son of a thousand maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad. I am glad that they never cut away to show you. Yeah. What that was like. Unfortunately, I they do later though. They do later, but it was nice yeah. to. See, I thought they would have when they when they decided the whole like let's not lean heavily on the fact that he's a child molester, but just lean into the fact that he's a child murderer thing. I thought they would leave no better to leave that kind of shit alone, but it sounds like they really the eighties. Who else could have gotten molested? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, what else can we put into this fucking movie? Yeah, Yeah, somebody's gotta get. Hey, listen. If I'm producing this movie, somebody's yeah. gotta get molested. In it. Yeah. Who was making these fucking calls? Terrible fucking idiots. Robert Shea is saying this. <laughs> you're, you're an yeah. idiot. It's like fine. I won't put my sister in this one as a teacher, but I need <laughs> some molestation. So they threw it in. Yeah, no, there's it's oh god. They also yep. shouts out Lynn Shea. Legend. Legendary Lynn Shea. I didn't know that Lynn Shea was Robert Shea's sister. Yeah, yeah, that's the, I mean, one of, in addition to the fact that she's a great actress, one of the reasons that she's in, uh, she's in that, and then, uh, was she in the Insidious movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Horror legend, Lynn Shay. she's Bob Shay's sister. Oops. I, uh, I think I like, I like New Line, and I like, uh, learning about New Line, Mm-hmm. Because I feel like New Line got a lot of stuff that Miramax otherwise would have gotten. So I'm like, uh, mm. <laughs> that's very prefer, true. Yeah, yeah. They both made they both made similar types of movies, uh, and unfortunately, Miramax made a lot of really good movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, so like when you go, oh, cool, New Line. That means it's going to be like kind of the same quality as uh, Miramax. But I'm not supporting a uh, horrible man. Yeah. Just Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Who's yeah. just the such house a... Freddy built. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, a terrible fucking person. Yeah, we're gonna have to put like a, an episode for like a plenty of trigger warnings for this fucking... The whole thing's about suicide, for Christ's sake. Um... Yeah, I, I... One of the notes I wrote down was when uh, they see the kid on the tower. Yeah. Uh, and he starts waking people up. <laughs> I wrote down, hey, hey, wake up. You got to see this kid kill himself uh, because that's like it had that feeling of it. But I know mm-hmm. it's the I know it was for them to be like, oh, we got to save him because we know it's Freddy. Right. But, uh, I uh, find this movie to be super powerful that way. I, yeah. I like yeah. that um, it dealt with teens in crises. And what I liked even more was that it externalized those issues and turned it into a 
boogeyman that we can point at mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because I think that that's what's missing in a lot of problems that teenagers have is just like in just like on Elm Street, none of the parents believe that there's a real threat. Yep. And uh, and I think that it was it's super important that kids get the chance to like see something be like I relate to how they're feeling and I don't know maybe it might give some kid like the chance to articulate what they're going through a little bit that's a that's an interesting uh uh, thought about these movies is it is it is a lot about like not believing children when something serious is going on uh and this is a movie where it's like we you should take kids seriously because something is going on and especially in this one where these are a bunch of kids in a psychiatric ward like oh yeah when she's they need to be listened to when she's being pulled down the hallway and being sedated and just shouting like you're killing us like i was like oh my god yes tell that nurse like to stop sending these kids to their death (laughs) uh i felt that you know yeah i mean it is an 80s movie about a psychiatric ward so there is some unrealistic thing in that like the, the main psychiatrist like yells at all their kids is like uh oh what was the thing he said oh when they talk about the kid that uh in their mind had killed himself they he was like that kid gave up he he he, yeah he he's done it's like that is not how the situation would go yeah i don't even know in the 80s if it was if it would have gone that way uh, also, and guys, uh, real talk only uh, mm-hmm. in this room. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they just kept saying that. Uh, which oh, I wow. Really yeah. Funny. Yeah. This is where it goes down. Why didn't he flip a chair around if it was supposed to be a real talk environment? I don't understand. I don't know that he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think oh, I was no. too, too scared of Freddy showing up that I didn't even think about the... I think they had a lost opportunity to have Freddy, like, come to, like, the meeting, you know, and, like, voice his frustrations uh, about how his stay at the psych ward was going. But eh, they didn't have him get a chair and, like, hang out and circle up. I would have loved a subplot instead of, like, what is, to me, kind of the weak point of this movie in that there's, like, a weird romance between that uh, the doctor and uh, with Nancy Thompson. Instead of that, I would have loved a third act reveal that Freddie has been holding this doctor hostage this whole time. And that's why he was so uh, late to prescribe Hypnosil was because mm-hmm. Freddie in, in, in this doctor's dreams every night, Freddie was there being like, you can't let these kids get on Hypnosil. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that was a good Freddie. That was. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, please don't smash my head through a television. Uh, <laughs> uh before I pass it to Jim, do you have another one? I want to make sure if you got a little one you want to you wanna make sure there's something else. Uh no. No, I think that's uh just liked I just like this movie an awful lot. And sometimes I have trouble pointing out what exactly about it I like. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a, a strong front to back. I also think that the special effects work this movie is yeah. incredible uh i think it's really telling that the the franchise star married the vfx supervisor I'll, I'll give it to you on the 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 worm freddy krueger like when he's eating patricia arquette like i think that's great i think that's a hilarious i, I, I love that but where they lost me too 
Oh, very. Oh my God. Oh, there's yeah. a there's a photo that I almost used for my background tonight, which is just Patricia Arquette like in a background shot, like giggling while inside the worm, like with like half her body engulfed by it, and just being like, "Hey," you know, like yeah, it's awkward. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, but I, I'll give I'll give you that. That's great. But the skeleton, like that, like when he, when Nancy's dad has to fight a, a dancing skeleton. <laughs> That was See, I, <laughs> so I so will tell you exactly why I love that, and All that right, is because of how it's so far wacky. removed from that we've come. I think that uh, I would rather see that a million times than a CGI skeleton. Okay. skeleton. And it's because it felt like it was 30 years earlier than that movie was. I loved that it felt like Ray Harryhausen's Jason uh-huh. and the Argonauts, and uh, I think that uh, I think it's all, it's probably only because I love Harryhausen that I loved that sequence because it reminded me that these are um, people making a movie. It's not a lot of the uh, movie by committees that we get today, where nothing uh, nothing is a risk. Yeah, I do love it. There were so many, especially in the 80s, there were so many movies that just did like Ray Harry House and stuff. And it, I love every time that they do that kind of thing. It's so fun. It's so fun to watch that kind of uh, stop motion happen. Yeah, it feels like real work. I know that I know that special effects artists do uh, uh, like computer effects. They do real work. It's not a hard. It's not a not hard. It's not an easy job. It's no, no, really uh, very difficult stuff. Um. But it feels more real because it is like a tangible thing when it is the stop motion stuff. And it's closer to something that you could learn how to do. It feels like it's mm-hmm. uh, palpable and like I could figure out how to do that someday if I tried hard enough. Yeah, a kid in a, a kid at his parents' house could figure out how to do stop motion. But you need a, de- a degree to be able to do CGI stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah. I get that, yeah. Well, so was... that, I probably would have married Kevin Yeager too if I was <laughs> <laughs> Heather Langenkamp. Um, uh, go ahead, Jim. I I had uh, two notes. One was I thought it was funny when uh, they took uh, they took the psychiatrist uh, license. He gave it to the priest. It was like, here, take my license. I'll come back. I thought it was funny That's if he had come back and was like, he went back to the car. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. And he turns to the drunk Mr. Thompson. He's like, you got to drive. They just took my license. I, uh, <laughs> it's illegal for me to drive. That blew me away, too. I couldn't I couldn't believe that. Yeah. How. Willing to <laughs> let that drunk man drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I had was uh, <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie, they're showing all the names and I go, oh, it's Zsa, Zsa Gabor. And uh, <laughs> Rachel turns to me and she's sitting right uh, next to me right now. Uh, <laughs> she turns to me and goes, oh, is this Zsa, Zsa Gabor? And then she showed me a picture of Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like, very funny. I was like, no, it's Ava Gabor's sister. And she's like, oh, okay. That's not as exciting. <laughs> uh, point of clarification, I did look it up, and Heather Langenkamp was married to David Leroy Anderson, was the name of the special effects mm. uh, person. 
Not we'll Kevin Yeager. We'll yeah, take is, that, what you just is, said, and we'll paste it over it before, and then we'll take this part out and just make it seem like you were always right. And we're going to do the, the thing that we always say. You. Uh, whenever I listen to these, Jim, and I'm editing them, I never do any of the things we say we're going to do. So with that, <laughs> mind, no, we're not. I'm going to be honest. And then maybe we will. At this point, it's getting all mixed up. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm. see, the thing about me, I'm not afraid to be wrong. Cool. <laughs> at this point, I better not be because I have over a year of me having hard opinions on movies that people do give a shit about. So <laughs> I'm learning to well, not you know be what? afraid about being wrong. Something we do have to talk about because we were going to touch on it before the podcast started uh, was Jim and I bonding about how we feel like we've both grown out of being uh, film school bro. You're wrong. I'm right about yeah. taste. No, hit me with it because I, I, I'll, I'll cut out 10 minutes of me talking. Go ahead. <laughs> I think it was kind of a kind of like a mushroomsy sort of uh development wherein i i've i found like a lot of beauty in just getting out of my own way and thinking that my taste was superior to or yep. that anybody could even have that hierarchy and it's opened me up to enjoying so many things that i never would have let myself enjoy before mm-hmm. and it's opened me up to connecting with so many people who i would have uh I don't know, thought myself more cultured than yep. in the past, which is just a really gross way to go through life. I've I've found and I'm glad that I've gotten away from being somebody in film school. Yeah, I, w- I never I never went to film school. I tried to go to film school, uh, but I was never able to get in kind of. Um, but I was 100 percent. A film school douchebag. Uh, just like, no, 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 you don't understand. Uh, Stanley Kubrick is a real filmmaker. We are, we're not talking about, uh, 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 Michael Bay. Well, Michael Bay sucks, but, uh, <laughs> Michael Bay sucks, not because his movies suck so much, but because he sucks as a person. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, his movies, they're their own thing. They're but fine. yeah, he's got some good ones. Yeah, he definitely does. There's just like. There's some that I'm like, ugh, okay, the, the, whatever. <laughs> I'm becoming hey, no a Michael Bay, right now. no Platinum Dunes, no Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and that movie's That's good. That's true. His, I think he's a better producer than he is a a, a director because he. I think that's fair. Yeah, because with his direction, he's uh, especially when he gets into the editing bay, it's it's very like jump cutty and can get uh it can get a little hard to watch at times but at the same time it's fun to watch they're they're a lot of fun movies to watch uh my point is i i hope i'm not a douchebag anymore despite the fact i just shit on michael bay (laughs) i'm a i'm a douchebag for a lot of other reasons i'm no longer (laughs) A douchebag because I'll like stop somebody in the streets and oh. argue the toss that their thing that they derive joy from is bad. I think yeah, I, think... I I definitely I definitely sometimes slip into it too, where like, like someone will say like something about like a Marvel movie and I'll be like, ugh, that one was terrible. I think like a Black Panther, I was just like, ugh, that why does everyone like that? And then I was like, now nah, it's good. It's it is what it is what it is. It's it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do, and I actually do like that movie, and it's fun to watch. 
uh, like I can't imagine myself getting swooped up into film uh, enough to the point where I let it consume me to the point where I got mad at people who disagreed with me. That's because you have a personality, Kai. <laughs> um, no, yeah. But, but being surrounded yeah. by people that reinforce that constantly to be like, oh, it's reasonable for you to be mad at other people. That's got to be gnarly. I can't, like being in film school sounds like a really wild place to be. Bill, I think you just nailed it where it's like you've built your whole personality around watching movies that like you you, you kind of get to the thing where you're like, I, I am right about this because this is who I am. Like, well, I, I have to know these things. And then over time, you're like, oh, wait, I there's other aspects of life that aren't just movies. I don't I don't want to make or break relationships based off of how I feel about like, well, uh, Tremors 5. Uh True Blood. What the fuck was it called? Cold Blood? Blood. <laughs> uh, Bloodlines. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that just sounds... That sounds... Anybody who's trying to fight me over any type of movie I ever review from in the past or from now on, don't bother. I don't think it's that. Um, I haven't found my movie that I will literally fight over anyone uh, yet. It hasn't happened. I'm a pretty big Terminator 2 fan. <laughs> Um, the only one that I actually, uh, wow, hold on. This is a hard cut. I'll pull away from just for a quick second. I don't know if I'll leave it in there. Uh, I recently watched, uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, that was a hard cut. And recently I watched, like, it was such a movie for me to watch to be like, I don't watch movies, but a friend of mine who's like, I love this film. It's a weird cult classic. Can I show it to you? And I was like, absolutely you can. Um, and I, I'm, I'm in. Now I, I like that. That was like my first movie of watching, and being like, I can see why certain people just hone in on movies. This has a good mm-hmm. bunch of good grabs um, to get locked into a whole uh, world in over one film. It's amazing. Yeah, it's. So you had a very good visceral all. reaction to Fan of the Paradise, uh, only because I had recently also for the first time seen that movie and really enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, but oh. I, I am. Also glad that I've grown enough as a person and have enough of a personality that I don't have to build an empire of DVD cases to live inside of. <laughs> <laughs> have you? Have you? Do you have a? Hold on. Have you ever just had a house that was just a big giant DVD case? <laughs> Not a whole house. Just my parents' basement. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had I had two hundred VHS tapes when I was twenty-one. Goddamn. I can't when announce- I said that, Rachel just looked at me like, "You what?" I bought them. To be fair, I bought them all for a dollar. So I spent yeah, two hundred dollars yeah, on a bunch of exactly. VHSs. I think, and my think- my DVDs were some of them were purchased with the FYE employee discount that I was afforded. So I I bought I have a bunch of DVDs too that I'm looking at. I bought them all for less than five dollars because I bought them all from blockbusters that went out of business. Yep, that's where you get Dude, it. Well done. That's that's the way to go. That's how yeah. I got the first two seasons of Mad Men. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, I don't even know if I like Mad Men. I think I just <laughs> loved that there was a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because then I'm watching it and I'm just like, I feel bad that all these tr- people are treating each other poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the, that's the point of the show. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. It He's is. Lousy I, I actually, broads. I, <laughs> I love that show. See, I just go to uh, I go to my dad. I don't need Blockbuster anymore. We call him Bob Buster because uh, my dad's like thing. Like he found like every now and then as adults, your parents, you got your work and you got your kids and then you got to find your thing, your extra thing. His extra thing was just like 
having every movie or TV show you would ever need available and like being like, can I borrow that, Bob? And he's got it. So I think he got up to like 10,000 movies at one point. Wow. Uh, hey, with, like, you know a, what? Yeah. Good good for him. That's fucking awesome. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Like I can be like, hey, dad, do you have like, actually, hey, dad, do you have Tremors 1 through 7 on DVD? I could have asked him instead of spending money on Amazon Prime. And I bet that <laughs> motherfucker has them because my dad's, my dad's on it. He has it. Uh, do you need season three of, uh, you know, Cold Case? Uh, got it. Bob has you. I also, I have like a weird kind of a archivist thing going where I'm just trying to, I, uh, I, I pilot a lot of movies and I, um, <laughs> I, won't tell I try you. to have as many horror titles as possible. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to get a total cause I have two external hard drives going. One had 631 movies. Let's see about this other one. Uh, Jim, while, while Bill's doing that, can you give me a word for it to replace the word pilot? With? <laughs> uh, pilot? You, you pilot it? Pilot movies. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Can I get a, one more time? Solid pilot from you? Uh, pilot. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Okay. <laughs> 631 and 744. So wow. whatever the sum total is. 631. about 1300. Seven. Oh, those, those films are just flying. Yeah. 1300. So I, I'll never watch them all, but I like that. If everybody, if the grid goes down some days, I got everybody covered. I'll yeah. be the only guy that can give you a, let you watch uh, Leprechaun Return to the Hood. <laughs> back to the Hood. I'm sorry. You laugh, but we're going to need, we're going to need to talk about it at some point on this podcast. So I'll get back to you. I might need your help on that. <laughs> um, I hope it's not anytime that he soon. He rips bong in that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a picture of them showing him how to rip a bong. <laughs> Great. So, Jim, you ready for I'm my final note? With a... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, let's do final notes. Oh, yeah, Kai. Final note. Um, no, I just I found it and I'm very excited. I So I don't have a thing about the movie. I have a thing about my own notes. Uh, I wrote to myself, never follow children into a building. And then I got, I must have done voice to speech, whatever, into my phone. Because it says, or any dark spam. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's probably like some sort of dark building or like any dark room. It's probably dark room. Why do we follow children? Could be dark spam too. No, (laughs) I don't, if the the spam is is nasty, don't bring that shit into anyone's house. And children are at risk for like, you know, Fishing schemes. <laughs> Avoid their dark spam. So if you see any children with any type of spam whatsoever, just be cautious. But no, that uh, that uh, it's from that initial scene with uh, that they had, which I really liked. Um, with like the kids jumping rope and the little bloody tricycle kid. Like I, oh yeah, it was early on, but I think that was honestly one of my favorite bits in the whole entire movie. Um, but yeah, no, fuck that. Um, I don't understand why we're, that's like the thing is that that's the, I don't watch a lot of horror, but that's like, seems to be like a, a pretty good rule to learn early is like some creepy kids like come in this building. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a solid, uh, solid, unless I feel like, unless you're in a post-apocalyptic scenario, in which case listen to that ch- child because there's probably a sandstorm coming or something. <laughs> Or they're also a small. If they're a small child surviving by themselves, yeah, chances are they they've probably got a good idea of what's safe around here. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to this eight year old. Seems to know what the fuck's right. Also, you've brought to my attention the the nursery rhyme is kind of baloney. 
Yeah. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, Freddy's coming four. for you, great. That's a good warning. Three, four, better lock your lock door. Your that's door. not going to serve you at nope. all. This is a nope. dream demon nope. that's going to get into your lock or unlock. Five, six, <laughs> grab your crucifix. That's not established until this third movie. Nope. Yeah. That that yeah. has any bearing on seven, eight, better stay up late. Um, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Okay, sure. And nine, <laughs> ten, never sleep again. Not good advice, but... No, the last two are kind really just... relatively useful <laughs> or useless. Sorry. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Sorry, we're talking ahead, about within yeah. the realm of this movie, in which case, then they are good advice to do yeah. not do that. Never movies. sleep again. Yeah, I guess. Should be nine ten patent chlor uh, hypnosil. <laughs> A great rhyme. You know, Classic rhyme. I, I, I really <laughs> like at the very end when <laughs> when they really <laughs> nail the rhyme. <laughs> Sometimes rappers will do that so that you really listen to that last one. <laughs> they'll break the rhyme scheme. Uh, or they'll do like my favorite thing, which is uh, I've been listening to Flight of the Concords lately and uh, <laughs> out of nowhere because I never listened to them when they were a thing. Um, I, I'm late. I'm like 30 years late. Um, but there's this stupid part where he's like, I call my friends to go into town, but they're all too busy to go into town. <laughs> <laughs> I... But then I, I go into town. When, <laughs> They're all in town. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm a big fan of when rappers will rhyme the same words, in, in, which my favorite line from any song ever is uh, an old Dirty Bastard line, which is, uh, I don't have no problem with you fucking me, but I have a little problem with you not fucking me. It's like, why did <laughs> why did someone <laughs> let that happen in a song? <laughs> uh, well, on that, that man's note... a covert genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bill, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Um, I also oh, my, to... my pleasure. Thank you. Because here's the thing. Had this podcast not been today, I would have just been muttering to myself about <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Part right. 3. Just like right. pacing back and forth, talking to myself. So it's And it's been a joy just to talk to the two of you. It's been a really great, uh, really great time. Even if this wasn't one of my favorite movies, I still really would have enjoyed getting a check-in, chit and chat. Well, I'm now going to make a new Patreon tier where uh, you can pay. If you could record the mutterings for e you're going to watch the rest of these movies, obviously. If you could just mutter to yourself after watching each one for like 30 minutes, uh, we'll, we'll upload whatever that is uh, to the Patreon tier. Oh, we'll I'll, you, we'll I'll leave. You can have all the proceeds. <laughs> you can do you can put it up on your if you guys want content for your Patreon, I will do a, you could do like a listen along thing where I'll say like, and I'm pressing play now. And then you can just <laughs> upload it from my iPhone to the ears of babes. Oh, why are there not more of that? We should offer watch alongs. <laughs> that's really nice. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a new thing. Thank you. You just invented something for the rotten treasure uh, fans. And that's very kind of you. Uh, we'll all we'll all do one to for a movie sometime. It'll be great. It will be like a, a mystery science theater three thousand. Kai, please. What? What were we gonna say? Please, please let us do that. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's on record. Just like all the other things we've promised to do from you know, like the I think we're supposed to do. Oh, what is the show you're always going on about that we kind of forgot about? 
Taskmaster. Remember that Taskmaster episode we were going to do on like season Yo. seven? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Never yeah. did that. I love Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah. Taskmaster is awesome. So folks, if you're listening, if As you're not the... a, Patre- a Patreon subscriber, just literally get at us for all these bonus episodes. We said that they should exist on some sort of social media. And then, yeah, give us a reason to make them. What were we going to yeah, say? You can, you can, you can get some solid Bill Rick content by subscribing to their their Patreon too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you get uh, at this point. I'm pretty sure. Um, am I wrong that you can get Jack McDermott's address and credit card numbers on our our Patreon as well? <laughs> on our Patreon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scott Campbell gave those up. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna continue this journey. We're gonna keep going through all of these movies. I'm gonna continue watching all these movies for the first time. I did a mm-hmm. terrible job, and I didn't prepare. I bet the next movie has the word "dream" in it. I know it's Nightmare on Elm Street Four. You are right, though. Dream Master. Dream Master. Mm-hmm. We're at Dream Master now. Uh, so do come back. Uh, we're gonna be with Elena. That's where you insert whoever we're gonna be with, because um, we totally have it figured out about who's coming back next week. Do you wanna? Do you wanna go ask? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I won't do that. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't, we don't, we're not going to do that. <laughs> do you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we will be back next week. We're going to uh, keep going into the uh, Freddy Krueger world. It's going to be better, right, Jim, than this movie? The fourth one's even better? Yes, we will do that. But before that, Bill, did you have anything you want oh, to promote? I'm so sorry. Thank you, Jim. Glad you're here. Oh, uh, yeah. We're just... Uh, nearing a distribution deal for this movie Sleepwalk Kill that I uh, uh, acted in. My friend Justin uh, Miller directed it. Tiny, tiny little horror movie put together in Yardley, Pennsylvania. We're we're now uh, hitting the bricks on on Twitter and all over the internet, seeing what kind of stuff we can drum up. With right now, the contract that we have right now, it's going to be on Tubi. So, oh, uh, we'll we'll see how that works. Tubi, I don't know if you guys know this. Actually, kind of solid. Like I dismissed a, it for a long time. It's a Tubi. Uh, it's a like Tubi a solid... button. My smart TV has a Tubi button. That's how they're doing. They're doing yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, that, and you might get to see a movie that I was in if you hit that button so, sometime soon. So, uh, that's we, our. Uh, I would say our. Uh, I'd call them like our sister podcast. Um, wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about watching it? Watching it, yeah. Uh, they have a running joke about uh, being on, available on Tubi because you can find a bunch of free movies on there uh, because it's a yeah, really it's solid platform. Hell yeah, Tubi. Get it together. And they might be sending royalty checks my way, so I certainly mm-hmm. can't badmouth them. Uh, I also see and... Ellen Boscoff is on there, too, is in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out Ellen Boscoff. She and I got, like, pretty we're pretty close friends i'd say after after that uh that progress and she just called me up and had me help her uh record lines for like an audition or something that she was putting together mm-hmm. she's a uh, ellen's a babe and uh uh sam russell was involved uh daryl charles is in a scene lots of oh and the the legendary wid uh played my uncle i got to hang out with the legendary Wid for oh, do you both know who Wid is? No. So Wid is, I think, the closest thing we have to like a comedy living legend in Philly. Uh, back like decades ago, Wid 
developed a prop comedy act that like is still phenomenal to this day but was able to like do shit on hbo and that he was on the tonight show back in the 80s and like he's uh made a life out of prop comedy which is an often derided form but he does it really really well uh tight so that's the other thing that i want to plug look up the legendary wid on youtube and then if you got more podcast time uh you could give fright train a listen that's uh it's me and hen smith doing more more horror deep dives Listeners should already be following based on the fact that Hen has been here already now twice. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. not following, once again, that is Fright Train. Go to your social medias. Check it out. We'll have to all do an episode of that together. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about we got to talk about Scream at some point. I insulted Scream in front of Hen. So that's something that needs to be resolved. <laughs> <laughs> that was our first episode. We talked about Scream. We met up in a... Uh, a park right across the Delaware River in New Jersey, and we talked about Scream outside and recorded it as a podcast episode. It was really fun. See, that was the downfall. So I said, hey, we're going to do movies like Scream on. You know those movies that should have ended earlier? And then I named Scream as a suggestion of that. And uh, you know your co-host's feelings. <laughs> Apparently shitting on. not, not I, sh- I, didn't, I didn't mean to Six. shit on Scream. I'm just saying that maybe, maybe Scream 4, 5, 6, maybe we don't need Maybe. I'll find out. I've only seen like one and two. Let's so see. Yeah. I'll find out. The, the other thing that I wanted to plug, if oh, you ever do. get a chance please. to want to read read horror stuff, uh, you can duhd.com. I got a lot of writing about different horror movies there. Yeah. I'll send, I could probably send you guys a link if, if that. I was going to say, everyone listening. It'll be in the description. Yeah. Go to that description. I keep saying it like I'm like a mean parent lately. Like, you kids, go to the descriptions. But I'm telling you, it's a lot easier when you just go click on stuff that I've already made available for you. So uh, mm-hmm. everything you're listening to is it's, it's most likely available in, in the episode description and also in the comments uh, of whatever post you followed to get here in the first place. So go back to it and definitely follow. Do the things. Go Go on your phone more. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> be on it more <laughs> communication's uh, key that's what helped these kids conquer freddy yep coming soon to you a rotten treasure store where you can buy mugs and t-shirts uh while you're on your phone buy those too uh yeah do you want to do a store gym or is that too much responsibility no i'm just i'm no okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well we love you bill thank you so much for being here yeah, i really appreciate you, so you i love on. you both Oh, oh, uh, this one, I love you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, was that for the listeners or was that for Bill? That was for Bill. <laughs> okay, nobody loves you, listeners. I do, but but Jim doesn't. Jim sucks. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't want to say I love all the listeners. What if one of them's uh, listening to this on their way to kill a bunch of teenagers? We do. We have cornered the, the teenage serial killer market. So. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to Patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.